0: You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Alabama edition. I'm down here in Birmingham, Alabama. And a big thanks to our affiliate station, WERC, for making us feel so at home. I'm going to be going, as you know, to the Alabama Ole Miss game, the first real college football game I've ever been to tomorrow. And I'm down here with Clay to just make the round, see everybody and uh, see our folks down here in Alabama. Okay, news. We've got. Oh, my. Fully vaccinated, according to Fauci, now means booster shots. Don't ever forget about this one. New York City public school teachers. Vax deadline is today or they get fired. Pelosi bailed on the infrastructure vote yesterday, says it's going to happen today. As I'm talking to you now, we'll have to see. And then also a uh, professor sues UCLA for suspending him after he refused a request to mark black students work more leniently uh, leniently than white students in the wake of George Floyd's murder. That's from the Daily Mail. And the biggest border surge ever expected This month at the U.S.-Mexico border. So we have a lot to get to today, as tends to be the case. But first, I've got to tell you about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget. And this year, the foundation is honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and on to Ground Zero, the months of August through 9-11. Towers of Light shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance on those days. The names of those we lost to 9-11-related illness are being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. And on Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the War on Terror will also be said out loud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. .org, Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They do great work. What is going to happen at the U.S.-Mexico border? Ask yourself this, because what we just saw in the last month was that about 15,000 Haitian origin migrants. Remember, they're not from Haiti uh, in terms of the actual trip, the travel they just did. They came up from Chile and Brazil, mostly Chile, from what I understand, in South America, which means they're not asylum seekers. They can pretend to be asylum seekers, which is what they're doing now, but they're not actually classic definition asylum seekers or refugees in America. They may be in Chile. They may be in Brazil, but these are purely economic migrants. You have to remember that they're not in a country where they're being oppressed or murdered or they're uh, going to be you know, abused and imprisoned for their beliefs or their religion or their skin color or anything that would qualify as a refugee situation. That's not what's going on here. They want to be in America. I understand that. It's a very wealthy country with a lot of good things going on, even though the Democrats seem absolutely hell-bent on ruining it, but it's still a great place. So what is to happen here? What is the situation? Well, as we know, they allowed more than half of the migrants who showed up at the border the last time around, more than half of them got into the United States. So that's a pretty pretty good odds Especially because, when all is said and done, I would tell you the number. It's already about sixty percent. It's going to end up being seventy-five to eighty percent. We're let into the United States. They say that thousands are awaiting processing. Trust me, if the ones awaiting processing were going to be quickly sent out of the U.S., that's what would have happened. The ones awaiting processing are going to be let in. But you got to think. Well, the Biden administration must realize what this looks like. They must understand what's going on here and they no longer are going to, right? They're no, no longer going to allow this to happen. Nope, not at all. In fact, the latest reporting is that a surge of anywhere from 15 to sixty sixty thousand 60,000 Haitian origin migrants are on their way to the United States. Um, and they're going to make it to the US Mexico border and we're going to have the same routine so a, a substantially larger perhaps four times the size and what you realize is that they're probably going to do the same thing go to Del Rio this now the the whole the smuggling route is now known people have been communicating back this is how you do it this is where you go you know this is the bus you take to the train you take and then you walk and you know you set up camp under this bridge 60,000 According to the government of Panama, in fact, uh, the minister, the foreign minister of Panama is saying that she is frustrated, frustrated with the fact that the U.S., yeah, foreign minister Erica Munguez exasperated during a visit to D.C., according to the Daily Mail, saying that Panama has been warning the Biden administration for months about the recent surge in irregular migration. We sounded the alarm when we should have, Muniz told Axios. We engaged with every single authority we came across. Please, let's pay attention to this. And no one cared in the Biden administration. Because what are they going to do? If they turn away these economic migrants, particularly because these are economic migrants who are uh, black, there will be consequences politically inside the Democrat Party. The Democrat left wants this to be an open borders country particularly from migrants from very, very poor countries. And, and Haiti certainly falls into that category. Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. So this is exactly what Democrats at the base level, right? The, the Democrat left base wants. They want to see thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of migrants. But you're looking at if the numbers hold steady, because remember, October is a good month for human smuggling at the border. October is when a lot of the cartel activity will pick up because it's not as hot. It's a more comfortable time to come and, uh, and try to beat Border Patrol. They're estimating right now, get ready for this, there could be up to 400,000 illegal crossings and apprehensions this October, starting today, October one. 400,000 this month July was the highest in over 20 years at 210,000 and this is why when you have Mallorca saying things like he did on September 20th remember this quote we've reiterated that our borders are not open people should not make the dangerous journey individuals and families are subject to border restrictions including expulsion Um, this administration is committed to developing safe, orderly and humane pathways for migration. This is not the way to do it. End quote. Yeah, right. They don't care. Uh, They're going to keep coming and the administration is going to keep letting them in. 400,000 this month. You have to wonder at what point is the number just too outrageous? At, At what point is it such a large number that nobody could think anymore that we have anything other than an open border? I mean, I think we're obviously already pretty darn close to it. And I mean, we do have an open border. That much is clear to anybody who's being honest about it. So this is the situation uh, for the Biden administration right now. And the media is going to be forced, if there's a 60,000-person surge of the border, I I think they're going to be forced to cover that. Now we have the, uh, the throwdown over the big reconciliation package, the social welfare spending blowout that's currently underway. And you have the squad represented by Ilhan Omar saying that uh, you know this is this is unacceptable to go with the 1.5 trillion that Joe Manchin is saying is his number here's Ilhan Omar play clip 2 Joe Manchin himself said that the only path forward was this two-track uh, process where we would have um, you know, the ability to craft these two pieces of legislation, pass them together, uh, and send it to the president's desk so that we can celebrate having accomplished the president's agenda. We remain committed to that. Uh, the speaker knows that. The speaker has been on board with that agenda. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is on board with that agenda. You have to remember We made a promise to the American people to deliver on uh, these items and to create this real investment uh, in their lives. And we must do that. Yeah, well, too bad. If Manchin holds the line here, there's not going to be a three point five trillion dollar package, but one point five trillion dollars is still a lot of money. Ultimately, they really are getting what they want with all of this. You have to remember that they may not be getting everything, but they're getting a massive increase in federal government spending on programs that the Democrats want to be uh, putting money into, want to be taking money from taxpayers and putting it into. Remember, they're saying it's a zero cost because they're going to tax the you know what out of everybody who's making money. That's the whole plan. That's the purpose of this. So does this in any way, end up being a, a victory for the right. I mean, we might enjoy some of the consternation between Democrats this week. We might enjoy the fact that they're looking a bit in disarray. But ultimately, they, because of a couple of very, let's be real Republicans out there, very real blunders to two Senate seats in Georgia come to mind. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things where you say to yourself, all we needed was to have a divided Congress, and this whole thing isn't even happening. This whole thing goes away. And yet Democrats were able to eke out a de facto majority in the Senate and a handful of seats in the House, and this is where we are. They're going to try to ramp through this huge increase in spending. With $1.5 trillion of additional spending, given how much has happened, how much spending has gone on In the last couple of years because of covid and covid emergency relief and all this, we are really starting to test the outer limits of what our monetary policy can get away with before it hurts. I mean, this is a thing. It's not just theoretical before. All of a sudden, you're just going to see, oh, my gosh, how expensive is gas? How much is my rent going up next year? You know how much of my money is being eaten up by inflation? Five percent a year. Oh, you think you're going to, you know, you're going to put money into your 401k or your defined pension plan is going to be solvent when you have 5% a year inflation cutting into your your gains? Not really. But they uh, they just figure they can wave the magic wand. And as long as they have class warfare and class envy to talk about, it is all going to be fun. By the way, Vax Justice Brett Kavanaugh test positive for COVID-19. I don't know. I don't know why we keep seeing these stories other than, I guess, it's a reminder that you can definitely get the virus and give the virus if you're vaccinated. That we know for sure. Okay. But it seems like no one's really uh, focusing in on the more important aspect of the vaccination program right now, which is the Fauci saying you're not fully vaccinated unless you get boosters. I mean, how is that uh, escaping escaping the reality here uh, of, of what this whole system has turned into. Now you're, you're never fully vaxxed, really, unless uh, you get boosters, which means you're never fully vaxxed because you're going to have to keep getting boosters. There is no reason, and I've spoken to doctors about this. I spoke to a uh, MD on air recently about this from Yale Medical School, uh, Dr. Harvey Risch. There is no reason to think that a booster is going to be permanent. So the booster is just topping off your immunity for a little while, and there's going to be variants and changes. So we are in the world now of forever shots. And I think that's very important. We are in the world of forever shots. It doesn't stop just because you have gotten even one booster round after getting your two other shots. And we'll see what happens today. Uh, we'll see what happens today with the situation at uh, in New York City where you have people who are facing losing their jobs in the education system if they don't get the shot, if they have not already gotten the shot. We'll see what the actual cost of that may be. Um, but, oh, here you go. You can always count on idiots like Joe Scarborough to tell you, can you imagine spending most of your adult life pretending to be a Republican and then... You know, you just your only option is to do the bidding of of the Democrat left, and so you you discard everything you pretended to care about. I don't know, couldn't pay me enough money for it, but Joe Scarborough clearly can get paid enough money for it. Here he is on nurses and teachers who, if they don't get the shot, there are consequences. Play eight. I will just say, I, of course, we we agree that if you're whether you're a nurse or you're a teacher, you certainly have the freedom. To decide whether or not uh, you get the vaccine or not but uh, perhaps you can't continue being a nurse or being a teacher Uh, but you do have that right nobody's taking that right away from you but it seems that parents and school boards and principals and and hospitals have the right to decide who they want to employ and who they don't and so yeah your choice Make that choice. There may be consequences, uh, just like you know, we teach our children every day. There are consequences to actions like we all learned that. Yeah, just, you know, consequences to actions. I mean, the, the nurses that were tending to people with covid when we thought covid was much more dangerous and who clearly got covid and therefore have immunity and for whom the shot is nothing but risk and downside, really. Yeah, they should lose their jobs because of this. They should lose their jobs. This is Joe Scarborough, a real man of freedom here, real defender of individual liberty. Look, I get it. You know, people get to a certain point. It's just whoever writes them the biggest check, wherever they can get the ratings, nothing else matters. It's a shame. You'd think as you get older, you'd be a little more, you know, YOLO about your politics and just say what is true. Here's New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio on the vaccine mandate lawsuits that he's currently facing. Play 10. But here's the bottom line. Had we not done the mandate, a lot of people would have held back and our schools would have been less safe and our city would have been less safe. And and there's so much noise when you uh, put a mandate forward. But whether it's the one we did for schools or the one we did for indoor dining, the bottom line is when the dust settled, a huge number of people went out and got vaccinated. And then those environments became safe. And what I hear from New Yorkers is, Thank you that we know what we're dealing with now. We know we have environments where we're not going to have the same problem with COVID because it's an all-vaccinated reality. I love that de Blasio goes around saying, mandates work. As I've been saying, yes, it's, it's like when, when somebody is doing a carjacking and they hold a gun to your head and say, give me your car, carjacking works too. Carjacking works too. Oh. But this is the authoritarian Democrats. Uh, They like this stuff. They have no problem with it. I mentioned the story to you briefly. I just wanted to get to it before we hop into roll call. Professor sues UCLA for suspending him after he refused requests to mark black students work more leniently than white students in the wake of George Floyd's murder, triggering anti-Semitic death threats against him. Think about this. This is all from the Daily Mail. UCLA professor Gordon Klein wrote an op-ed for Barry Weiss's Substack. Klein's a lecture in accounting, and he hit headlines following a June 2020 exchange. He was asked by a student anonymously to mark black students work more leniently because because of what had happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis. This is at UCLA, folks. Um, The student said that uh, black students were traumatized by George Floyd's death. Uh, Klein, the professor, responded, no, he said he would not discriminate. And so then he was attacked uh, on social media and uh, he has sued UCLA Anderson Business School in Los Angeles for damages, he says, to his reputation and, and what's going on here, um, because he was suspended by UCLA during this. Think about this. A professor is told by an anonymous student Mark, black students work more leniently because I say so, because people are traumatized by George Floyd's death. He says no, and his university suspends him. They suspend this guy. I mean, can you imagine? Look, I hope hope Anderson has to write this guy a nice seven-figure check for what's going on here. But it goes to show you, you know, wokeness, these institutions... Uh, whether it's universities, a lot of corporations, they are so woke that they are completely insane, and they don't even really try to hide it. Uh, and it's it's time to fight back with whatever means we have and whatever way we can. All right, now, if you have any uh, thoughts for me for the weekend down here in Birmingham, please send it into to uh, facebook.com slash bucksexton, or you can email me teambuck at iheartmedia.com. Dot com. Uh, and we are uh, trying to bring back roll call every Friday. Producer Mark can't always join. Just so you guys know, producer Mark is not he has not been kidnapped, nor is he enjoying himself on the beaches of uh, Tahiti. He is currently working on the big radio show, so he's got other responsibilities. That's why he can't hang every day and do this, because he's helping me on the Clay and Buck show. Uh, but we still will continue to do roll call and we'll try to have producer Mark pop in from time to time when we can. Jeff writes in, Buck, I love your shows and a no-nonsense approach to political commentary, Uh, but yesterday you you blew it and probably didn't realize it. On your personal podcast, you indicated Harvard students are no fun, has indicated several statistics, including the fact that 62% of them are virgins. Since when is it a sin? Hey, hold on a second, Jeff. I didn't say the virgin part was the problem. I said the fact that they're all Biden voters who who have no political diversity is the problem. Look, if people... uh, if people, you know, yeah, of course. No, no, no I'm, I'm not. i They had none of them had had a drink. I think is what. Well, not none of them, but a large percentage had never had never had a drink. They're all Democrats. So yeah, but no, no, I, I wasn't. You know, chastity until marriage. If you, if you can, uh, if you can pull that off, that is certainly the Catholic and the Christian way. And God bless. Uh, it takes a lot of strength to do it. Robert, hey, Buck. Uh, Welcome the worst. uh, Hey, Buck in Alabama. Welcome the worst roads in the South, my friend. Try a pecan log, hit up a Waffle House, find some local shine, dress for humidity and prepare for the consumption of mass amounts of hospitality. Enjoy it, uh, sir. You'll be among fellow shield wielders. Uh, Robert, it's funny you said that because I've already I've already had a few people make comments about the roads, to which I say. Really, I, I haven't noticed. I mean, I'm from New York City. The roads are horrible in New York City, so I can't imagine they're any worse here. But uh, I guess there's some issues with roads. I, I don't know. But yes, everyone is incredibly nice and friendly here, and and that is not the case in New York. So that is a different thing for sure. Uh, Rachel, hey Buck. First, I want to say you and Claire are doing a great job with the show. A few weeks ago, you made a comment about the Jesuits being great educators, but tend to be on the liberal side politically. Your comment made me smile thinking back to my own Jesuit education at university on the left coast of California. Anyway, keep up the great work with the show. I love listening. Well, thank you, Rachel. Yeah, look, there's some great Jesuit educators, but the Jesuits, uh, you know, they they tend to be uh, libs within the church, within the Catholic church. So I've known plenty of them. I've been taught by many of them, and I see some of them in public life, and the things they say, I go, that's not church teaching. Like, what are you doing? But They do it. Anyway, the Catholics out there know what I'm talking about. Pablo, hey, Buck, want to share something with you. I recently attended an NFL game in Los Angeles. I'm from a red state and expected over-the-top mask shaming and just unease. We went on a Friday, spent a couple of days there. I was pleasantly shocked. Not once did I get any grief uh, about not masking outdoors, and I was allowed to take it off. As a matter of fact, there are many people who are maskless and not harassed. On game day, I expected this was all going to be different. The stadium had public announcements constantly reminding you about masking. But then again, I went without it and nobody said anything. Even on the Jumbotron, they showed a lot, of, a lot of celebrities who were maskless. And the only one who got a rousing boo was Mayor Garcetti. I know this is a small sample size, but it's good to see that even the lion's den, there is some sense of reality. Shields high. Yeah, Pablo, I hear you on that, man. I mean, more and more people have to just not, not wear masks. That's what has to happen. More and more people need to not wear masks. That would be a huge step in the right direction, uh, Richard Buck, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't our military have thousands of logistics truck drivers? Why can't Biden put them at the ports till more permanent hires are found? Just an idea. Keep up the awesome work. I wait for my container ship to dock while I hold my shield high. uh I don't know about what's going on with the the ports. I've got to look into this richard i saw I saw a headline about it. I haven't uh dug into it. Um, so yeah, there we go. Uh, I have to look into it. Thank you, Scott. I'm sorry, Buck, but as I'm listening to your show, traveling the car each day with my wife, she finally asks, "Why would anyone want a name like Butt Sexton?" I quickly set her straight, but she ins- insists she still hears "butt" every time you greet your listeners. Hey, all right. I mean, it's not the first one, Scott. So I don't know. My parents. I still complain to them, like, "Why do you guys have to make this so complicated?" My first name is James. For those of you who want to go that route, but yeah, they, my parents made it harder uh, than they had to, and I don't really know why. Could have been a lot easier. And that's it. I mean, I'm going to go uh, have some fun this weekend with uh, with Clay down here at the Ole Miss Alabama game. If you happen to be at the tailgate, please do uh, find me. You can even, if you can't find me, if you tweet at me, although I'll be at the Innisfree Innis pub for the pregame. And then uh, I think that's what it's called. And then I'll be walking around outside the stadium and saying hi to people and stuff, so. Please do come over and, and chat if you like. If you happen to be at the game, uh, it'll certainly be a really fun game. So it's not like you're just coming to high-five me. That'll be five seconds of your time, and then you can go watch what's supposed to be a fantastic football game. And that's pretty much where we are, folks. I'm going to go enjoy some time down here in Alabama. Thanks again to WERC for uh, making us so welcome and at home. I'll talk to you all Monday. Shields high.